<laughs> so if I was to ask you, if I was to stand with you and personally ask you, okay, what is your 2021 going to look like? Would you go, oh man, it's going to be the best year yet? Or would you be a bit like, well, you know, let's just wait and see. We're, we're, you know, just a little over two and a half weeks in and, you know, we've already had an outbreak in Brisbane. So let's just wait and see what the year is going to look like. Or are you confident enough to just go, you know, what, regardless of whatever happens, this is going to be my best year yet? Where do you sit on that scale? Because I think there's incredible power in the way that we speak about and think about and look at our lives. In Proverbs 18.21, it says, Your words are so powerful that they will kill or give life. And the talkative person, I love that, the talkative person, will reap the consequences. So what is he saying? He's saying the power of life and death another version says, is in the tongue. So the way you speak about your life, your circumstances, your situations, people around you, you can either speak life or you can speak death. So that's very simple, isn't it? And I, and I love this. I did some research coming into this message this morning and I, I found this, that scientists at Yale University followed adults for 20 years. So they went on a 20-year journey with a, a group of adults to discover the secrets to a long life. You know, the question always has been, how do I have a long life? How do I get rid of my wrinkles? But how do I have a long life? And so they found this. People who had a positive view of ageing in midlife, who's prepared to say they're in midlife? I'm going to be in midlife until I'm 95. Um, People who had a positive view of ageing in midlife lived an average of 7.6 years longer than people who had a negative view. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, if you um, was to say things like, I think getting older is going to be amazing, then possibly you could be looking at 7.6 years longer in your life just by the fact that you're speaking positively about it. And this is scientific research. This is not just me. So, you would live 7.6 years longer than your friend who says, I think getting older is going to suck. Is that amazing? It's amazing the power of life or death. It's amazing the power of our life narrative and how it can bring life and light into our life or death and darkness into our life. So hundreds of research studies verify the power of a positive narrative. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, ridiculous positive airy fairy things. I'm talking about looking at your current situation and actually being able to speak about it in a positive way and to speak about the future in a positive way and have your narrative something that declares life over your life. And it's kind of, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? And I think this applies to any area of your life. So whether it's that job that you want to get, that promotion that you want to get, being happy in life. Everyone wants to be happy in life. Having a great marriage, having a great family, uh, having great relationships. Research would tell us it's not the facts of your situation, but the way that you speak about it. Isn't that amazing? Which I love because it means you can change your situation. You can change your circumstance by the way that you look at it and by the way that you speak about it, by the way that your narrative fits it. And it can be a little bit difficult, really, can't it? Because in our culture, I don't know if you've noticed this, but we've got a culture that's immersed primarily in the negative. 
You know, think of us as Australians. How are you? Not bad. Where are you going? Not far. You know, like we, we kind of, we do it, and I'm having a go at us, but you know, we do, we kind of focus on the negative. What have you been up to? Not much. So we, we have this culture that is primarily a negative narrative, and you just have to turn on the news or scroll through your social media to, to see that. I don't think I'm saying anything that's not actually true. And there's a, a doctor, Dr. Carol Dweck wrote this. Um, small shifts in the mindset can trigger a cascade of changes so profound that they test the limits of what seems possible. What is she saying? She's saying if you can make a small shift in the way that you look at your life, the way that you speak about your life, the way that you see your life, just small things, it actually opens up a world of possibilities that weren't there when you were looking at it in a negative way. Small steps. Maybe you're in a job that you don't particularly enjoy. And every morning, now it would be no one in this room, but every morning you wake up and go, I hate this job. Do you know that you're probably setting yourself up to not have a great day? I hate this job. I hate it. Now that might be the case. And I'm not going to say lie about it and wake up every morning and go, I love this job, because that's just a lie. But you can take a small shift and say something like, I'm grateful for this job because it pays the bills and the experiences I'm having are setting me up for my next one. Just a small shift, just a small shift. And I guarantee you, if you stop saying I hate it and start saying I'm grateful for it, then the way that you view a day and the experience that you have in your day will actually be quite different. And narrative change is more about focusing on the good stories than spouting something that is unrealistic or just downright false. So changing your narrative is actually about what you choose to focus on and what you choose to speak about rather than just picking something ridiculous out of the air. If the power of life and death is in the way that we speak, then we really need to take notice of this. If you want to change your life, it's totally within your power to do so by the way that you speak about it. Now, I've made it my practice for many years now that when I wake up in the morning... The first thing I think is not a list of to-dos that I have for today or the fact that potentially I didn't have enough sleep or whatever is, you know, overwhelming in my life right now. I've made it my practice to intentionally make the first thing I consciously think about is the fact that I'm grateful for the day. I'm so grateful for today. I tell you why. Because I had this revelation that any day that I wake up, is better than the alternative. So I'm grateful for today because today is another opportunity for me to live life, for me to make changes, for me to be happy, for me to engage with people. So I remind myself to be grateful for the day. It was such a small shift, but it made such a difference in my life and in my day because I started to feel like I'm grateful for this day, which means wow, there could be so many opportunities in this day. Then I might think about the things that I've got to do, but I'm looking at them with a grateful and positive sort of demeanour rather than being like, oh my goodness, it's Monday again. That doesn't set anybody up well. When our kids were in school, this is another thing that I intentionally did, I, I positioned my life 
and not everyone is able to do this, this is just my example, where I was able to drive the kids to school every day and pick the kids up every day. And I'll tell you why. Because I, I had this revelation that as they went off to school, the last voice that they would hear would be mine. And my voice was always going to be positive. My voice was always going to be, it is going to be an awesome day today. What sort of things are you looking forward to today? How's this day going to be? It's going to be awesome. I would try and work out or understand what the good things that were happening were in the day and we'd highlight those and we would get to school and they would all tumble out of the car and go with a positive, as positive attitude as you can have, into school life then they would go about their day. And then in the afternoons, I would pick them up and I'd tell you why. Because I would get back in my car and things happen. You know, they don't like this teacher. They hate that subject. You know, I'm sure that none of your children come home with these reports. They don't like this person. This person's mean. And I would get in the car with all these stories of all the things that went wrong during the day. And I would be able to go, let's change the narrative. It's not that I ever said to them, let's change the narrative. I just wanted them to be able to get in the car and maybe give them a different narrative about their day so that by the time we got home, they were feeling much better about what they'd experienced and able to go into the afternoon well rather than going in going, nah, 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 I hate school. True? So they're small things. And you might say, well, they're small things. They don't really matter. That's not when you're, what about when you're in the midst of something that is very hard and very challenging? It can be really difficult to speak positively or have a positive narrative about a situation that is difficult or hard or, or life-changing, right? So I was reading about the Blitz um, this week in World War II in Britain. In the Blitz in World War II in Britain, Britain was bombed every day from September 1940 to May 11, 1941. So for eight months, Britain was bombed every night. Every night, not just one bomb. So even just looking at the Port of London alone, there were 25,000 bombs dropped on the Port of London in eight months just on the Port of London. There were 43,000 civilians that were killed in that, in that particular segment of time. And Winston Churchill was the Prime Minister at that time. So he was the voice that the people heard on the radios as they would gather when the, the air raid sirens were going off, when they were gathered in the bunkers where they were safe, the bomb shelters on the little radios that they would, they would gather around. Winston Churchill's voice was the one that brought the reports to them about how the country was going, how the war was going. And you know, it was devastating. And he could have given just a very basic factual report on what was going on. I mean, it was devastating. People were dying literally every night, every day. It would have been a terrible, terrible season to live through in history. And I'm sure he did bring the facts, but he's credited in this time for saying this, keep calm and carry on. And that might seem ridiculous. Keep calm and carry on. There's 25,000 bombs that are falling, 43,000 civilians who've been killed. Keep calm and carry on. And in a lot of the accounts that I read, it credited this one saying as being something that put... Um, faith and hope and life into people's lives in that season. Why? Because it was like, I know what's going on. So we can either be confined by fear 
or we can keep calm and have a faith and a knowledge that we're going to get through this and we're going to come out the other side. I would suggest the general populace needed a little bit of hope and a little bit of light and a little bit of something to look forward to and a little bit of faith rather than just a bad news report. So it's very, very powerful. Your narrative is so important because it becomes the way that you see yourself. Have you ever said, I'm really hopeless at this? And guess what? You probably are. Have you ever said that? I can't do this, I'm really hopeless at this. And then it stops you from looking at any sort of other ways or opportunities or innovative things that will change the circumstance because you just go, I'm hopeless, can't do this. And you check out. Whereas if you're like, this is difficult, but I am going to, I am going to, I'm very stubborn, this is me. I am going to work this out. And it might mean asking help. It might mean doing all sorts of things, but you're looking for something positive and an answer in something that is potentially something that you've labelled as impossible. So the way that we speak about ourselves and our circumstances is the way we see ourselves. There's a story in Numbers about the spies. So God had promised to the Israelites this amazing land. It's amazing land. It's credited as, as flowing with milk and honey. When they go in to investigate it, you know, a couple of them come out with grapes on a pole because they're so big they can't actually carry them themselves. It takes two men to bring them out. It is absolutely everything that God has told them that it is. And so they send in um, a party of, of spies to find out, let's have a look at the lie of the land and how we're going to take it. And they go in and the majority of them come out going, it is absolutely what God has told us it would be. However, we saw the inhabitants of the land and they are giants. They are big people. We cannot take the land because they are too big. And they actually say, the men are big and strong. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, in their sight. And so, no. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in theirs. So we felt defeated when we saw them, and they could see that defeat on us. And I think that's so important that we understand. And if you look further in the story, and actually, when I was in the break, I was talking to uh, Sarah, and she's telling me further on in the story that when they actually do go back in and, and they actually lock themselves out of the future, the opportunities that were there for them, God-given opportunities and future, they lock themselves out of that for many years simply because their narrative is, we can't do this. We can't do this. And when they eventually go back in, it is interesting because the narrative of the people in the city that they were going into was... We knew if they come in, came in, they would overcome us. Isn't that interesting? So often when we look at a challenge, we can keep ourselves out of it by simply going, I can't do this. When if it's something that is God-given and God-breathed and God-purposed into your life, God's already made a way. Wow. He's already made a way through for you. So how to change the narrative? Three easy points. How to change your narrative and set yourself up for a great 2021. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, who wants a great 2021? Yes. Excellent, right. So the first thing is this. That's the second thing. Okay, first thing is this. Navigate the negative. There's negativity all around you. Years ago, I stopped watching the news 
because I just felt like, you know, we went from the six o'clock news to the early news at five and the news at six and the news at seven and now we have the four o'clock news, the five o'clock news, the six o'clock news and the seven o'clock news and the updates of the news. But what I found was if I was watching the news every night, there's not a lot of good news in the news. And it's not that I don't keep myself up to date with what is going on. I have a news app on my phone and I read the things that I need to know and I read the stories that are important to me, but I don't allow myself to be immersed in the negative anymore because it just made me fearful and depressed. And it also was the fuel that I talked about to other people. Did you see on the news last night? Did you see that on the news last night? Did you see that on the news? And there was no good news in it. So I had to start navigating the negative in my life by measuring the amount of negative that I was allowing into my life. Another key in navigating the negative is to make sure you have a good balance of positive, life-giving people in your world. And I can remember years ago actually intentionally going, okay, I'm going to give this much of my time because part of my role is to sit with people who are going through, you know, difficult and challenging times and be encouraging and that's part of my role. But what I was neglecting to do was to fill the other portion of my life with people who would be life-giving and positive and affirming. And so the balance was way over here and everything. I remember saying to Chris years ago when we were um, pastoring a church, you know, first pastoring the church, I'd say, there is no one left normal in the world except us, babe. That's not true. But because I'd immersed myself in the negative, it was like, everybody has problems. And then I had to balance that, navigate the negative by bringing good, positive, life-giving people into my life. Navigate the negative. The second thing is this, find your focus. Have you ever been driving or riding a bike and there's a massive rock in the middle of the road or a massive pothole in the middle of the road and you put your focus on it and you go, I don't want to hit that, I don't want to hit that, don't want to hit that, don't want to hit that, don't want... what do you do? Come on, bike riders, what do you do? You hit it every time because your focus is on the obstacle that's in the way, not where you're going. I had a great example of this as I was preparing this message this week. I was in a cafe and this lovely, I think she would have been, looked like she was new and training in hospitality. She had a very large cup of cappuccino on a, on a saucer and she had to navigate the entire length of the cafe I was in and I could tell by looking at her what was in her mind. I'm not going to spill this, I'm not going to spill this, I'm not going to spill this, I'm not going to spill this. All the way across and by the time she got to the other side, the saucer was full of cappuccino because she was focused on this when if she'd focused on where she was going, life is a lot smoother. So, you know, what obstacle is there in your life that you're just totally focused on and fearful that you're going to hit it? You need to focus. I remember when Chris, because Chris is a bit of a um, <clears throat> racing car driver, and so some of my driving habits now reflect to his disgust, his um, training of me when I was much younger, particularly in corners, because I was a bit of a, you know, you take the corner and you're a little bit careful, you're looking at the corner as you go, and he'd always go, look past it, look at where you want to be, not at how you're going to get there. And you know, it's a great thing in life to find your focus. What are you focused on? Don't focus on what's in your way, focus on what is past it and line your narrative up with that. This is what I'm, this is going to be a great year. This is where I want to be at the end of the year. 
This is going to be awesome and allow and trust God to help you navigate around the potholes and the obstacles that come in your way. Make it a practice to look past the obstacles and find your focus on where you're going to go. The third thing is this, be a good storyteller. What sort of stories do you tell? Uh, Reuben is an excellent storyteller. If you've ever had to talk to Reuben, he's an excellent storyteller. Tim Hamlin is an excellent storyteller. He has more stories than, than I can even count. And there's a psychological phenomen phenomenon called the Pygmalion effect. For better and for worse, the stories we tell about people tend to become true. When teachers are cued to think good things about their students, those students do better, even if the teachers don't say what they're thinking out loud. So when teachers are cued to think good thoughts about their students, and I know for all the teachers in the room that can be a challenge at times, but the kids do better, even if they don't say it out loud. When people, this is interesting, when people are told, you're the kind of person that performs well under pressure. I think you're the kind of person that performs well under pressure before doing a high stress task, their performance, get this, goes up 33%. Just because someone has said to them, I think you're a person who does well under pressure. There's a confidence that comes. There's a narrative change that comes within their, within their heart and within their soul. And they go, yeah, I do. I do well. You know, this person has identified that I do well. So I do well and their performance goes up 33%. And I think it's so important with our narrative. You know, it says life and death is in the, the power of the tongue is life and death. And it's not just in the way we speak about ourselves, but it's the way that we speak about others. You know, you can change someone's life by simply being positive and encouraging towards them. Or you can limit someone's life by being negative and about their life. You know, I, Years ago, one of my first roles in church life was kids' church. Everyone is grateful that I'm not doing that anymore. But I can remember being taught how to navigate difficult or rambunctious children. And this is what they said. They said, you need to find something good. I need to say it out loud. You need to focus on it. You need to say it out loud. And I had this one particular child and I was like, I cannot honestly just want to rip my hair out. And I can remember the, the lovely person who was teaching me how to do this saying, can they blink? I'm like, yes. Focus on that. I think you're blinking very well. Look at you. You're such a good blinker. I'll tell you what happened when I did that. That kid blinked more than I've ever seen anyone blink in my life. <laughs> but it changed. It was not so much for that child, but for me. Find something good. Change your narrative about the circumstance, the situation, the person, and find something good and say it out loud and bring life to them. Stories change brains and behaviours. The lesson here is practise telling good stories, even just in your own head, about your spouse, about your boss, about your colleagues, about your kids. And you'll find that when you change the story you're telling about them, they will change too. It's powerful, hey? Just a couple of questions to finish with. Where do you need to navigate the negative with your narrative? What circumstances, situations are you facing 
that you're speaking, that you feel immersed in the negative, you're speaking negative about it and you, you need to navigate that. Maybe you need to just do what I did, consciously find some great life-giving people to hang around with. Maybe join a life group, do something, find some people that are gonna be positive and speak positively about you. Or maybe you just need to change the way that you think about that thing. Just go, I'm not gonna think in a negative way about that. Neg- where do you need to navig- uh, navigate the negative with your narrative? Maybe it's as simple as what I said before about getting up for work in the mornings and going, I hate this job. Maybe that's where the small step that you need to begin with. I'm grateful for this job. I'm grateful for this season that I'm in right now. Second thing is this, in what areas do you need to find your focus and look beyond, beyond the situation you're approaching. So maybe some of you are in here and you're facing something and you know it, it's, you're bearing down on this obstacle in the middle of the road and you're so focused on it and you're fearful about hitting it and you're fearful about the ramifications of it and you're fearful that, you know, maybe last year will look, this year will look just like last year. Can I encourage you? You need to find your focus past that. I'm going to get beyond that. Yes, it's an obstacle, but there is hope and there is life and there is possibility and there is opportunity beyond that. Maybe you're struggling if you're a student and it's your last year and I know last years and last seasons can be difficult to find motivation. You need to look beyond that and go, end of this year, wow, I'm, I'm into new opportunities. I'm into a new season of my life. Who can you encourage this week by highlighting a good story about them? Who can you? Who can you find in your world this week where you can go, you know, I discovered this a long time ago. If someone is really irritating you, the best thing you can do is speak positively about them. That person at work that drives you bananas, I tell you, you will change your life and theirs if you can go in. And again, don't be false, but really start to to pour positive things into their lives. I mean, maybe you're a boss here today and you're struggling with... with, um, performance issues in your team. Start sowing a positive, great narrative into your team. You guys are great at this. This is a tough season, but you guys are awesome. And you will find it will happen. The the work level will go up and people will feel good and great about working with you. Who can you encourage this week by highlighting a good story about them? Maybe it's your kids. Maybe you just need to go, because, you know, I, I was a parent. I'm still a parent, but I was a parent of small children. And they can drive you nuts. Nuts. But, you know, if you can stop and change your narrative and say, you are an awesome, you're an awesome young man. You have so much life and so much energy and, and so much creativity. They might be drawing on the walls. That's a great opportunity for creativity. Maybe not the best medium, but how creative are you? That beautiful artwork you've just done on my freshly painted wall. How creative are you? And it brings down the disappointment level in your life and brings up the, the positivity in both of you. So let's set ourselves up for a fabulous 2021 with these simple and practical, I know this has been so, so simple, but if the power of life and death is in the tongue, then let's go out being convinced and and absolutely propelled this week to bring life wherever we go to ourselves and others.